Hi there, and a very warm welcome to episode 8 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This week our episode is called Two Gears of the Mind. I'm building here on the first episode, which was about autopilot and the wandering mind. So in this episode I'm presenting a further perspective on the case for practising present moment awareness. Hopefully, by explaining the two gears of the mind, it will be both interesting and persuasive. While we're talking about present moment awareness, I'd like to share a song. We're in the money, come on my honey, let's lend it, spend it, send it rolling along. I'm going to pause there because that's quite enough. But firstly, no, I'm not in the money. But did you see the CEO of Sainsbury's, Mike Coop, singing this song whilst awaiting another interview about the prospect of Sainsbury's buying Asda? I'd suggest Mike wasn't really practising present moment awareness. He was in a TV studio, surrounded by recording equipment. All the key clues were there, and I'd suggest that the risks were evident. At work, how often are we missing out on those cues in our environment? They could take the form of opportunities or risks. For Mike, the choice of song was also possibly ill-advised and betrayed what he was thinking. However, In his case, I do have some sympathy. I'm not aware of the complications or issues of the prospective buyout, but as a fellow human being, I found it quite amusing. If it had been me, I'd have responded, once the clip was presented back to me, by saying I was just varying my style of answering questions by providing facts through the medium of song. And that, dear listeners, is why I'll never be a CEO. This week we'll start with a few reviews. I'd like to express my gratitude and extreme chuffedness to all listeners and also those who get in touch. Rob said People Soup was amongst his favourite podcasts. Up there alongside My Dad Wrote a Porno and Talking Politics. Illustrious company indeed. Thanks, Rob. He also said he'd particularly enjoyed the episode What's the Story, Cruella de Choice? And it made some adjustments to his own behaviour, which is brilliant to hear. I'm always keen to foster a sense of experimentation with behavioural change. Angie from the US liked the way it incorporated psychological flexibility into difficult work relationships. Michael loved the content and appreciated my Geordie tones. Well, from one Geordie to another, thank you very much. And Yaz had put a large post-it note with the four points on it from the podcast above her PC. She also considered it to be an ideal accompaniment to household chores, which I think is a great idea. Richard described the episode, which is about flexibility in work relationships, as elegant and succinct, beautifully bite-sized with barely a wasted word. Really um, humbled by that feedback, so thanks very much, Richard. He also said, um, where else can you find the act matrix Victor Frankl and Naked Twister in one podcast episode? Also, much appreciation and love to Mike, Fiona, Teresa and Chris, who all appreciated the tips for handling difficult relationships at work. And just before I started recording, a tweet came through from Kevin Simpson from the Resilience Zone in Cornwall. He described the podcast as perfectly crafted on how we can make our lives a little better. And I think that really sums it up. I really like that. So thank you very much, Kevin. Chris, he's been great and sharing my podcast and also giving me feedback. I'd like to also encourage you to think about checking out Chris on Twitter and Facebook. He curates the hashtag 365 Days of Compassion. Really encourage you to take a look and see some great material and insights there. 
Right, let's get down to business. In the first episode, I introduced the idea of autopilot and the wandering mind. This week, we're looking at the two gears of the mind, or the two modes. There's a diagram you could look at over on my blog at rossmackintosh.co.uk, which accompanies this episode. But you'll also hopefully be able to get the gist by sitting back and listening. As I've said, I'm looking to strengthen the argument as to why it's useful to develop skills in present moment awareness or mindfulness. Psychologists and neuroscientists have been talking a lot about humans having these two basic modes of mind. I'm going to call these modes gears, the thinking gear and the sensing gear. One mental gear might be particularly useful and healthy in some situations, and another gear might be more useful in other contexts. When we're driving down the motorway, fifth gear is particularly efficient and useful. But staying in first gear all the way down the motorway is not so useful and likely to burn out the gearbox. There's one gear we're typically more familiar with, the thinking gear. This gear of the mind comes into play when there is a specific goal to achieve. In this mode, we're caught up with the mind's common processes such as analysing, predicting, planning, worrying, ruminating. So think, if you will, about a routine of leaving the house, whether it's to get to work, an appointment or a party. We'll most likely be in the thinking gear, checking timetables, and if you're anything like me, checking them again and adding a bit of contingency time. We might even jump ahead and be imagining what the day at work will be like, thinking about what we need to remember about the appointment, and worrying if we'll be late or wondering who we'll see at the party. This is mental time travel, which is an indication that this thinking gear of mind is fully operational and engaged. In this gear, the thinking gear, we're not really in touch with our present moment experience. Before I describe the other gear, I need to be clear. There's nothing inherently wrong with a thinking gear. It can be useful in many situations. Some say it's the greatest evolutionary asset for the human race, and it's why we've been so successful in many areas such as industry, architecture, medicine and technology. When we've got goals and tasks to achieve, the thinking gear can be our greatest ally. However, some of the problems that we see in modern humans, such as finding ourselves frequently caught up in things like worry and rumination, and living too much of the time on autopilot, are signs that this thinking gear of mind has overreached its remit, and it's creeping into many aspects of our lives. It's like we don't realise that there's an alternative, so we're almost constantly in this thinking gear, living in our heads, planning, striving for the next outcome, and so on. Let's be absolutely clear. If the thinking gear of mind becomes too dominant, it can be exhausting. It can feel as if we're constantly trying to drive down the motorway with our foot flat to the floor in first gear with the engine roaring. This exhaustion can be a signal that the thinking gear has overreached its remit. And it's for this reason that it's useful to become aware that we humans have this second, often less familiar, sensing gear. In this gear, there is no particular goal to be achieved. It's sometimes described as an embodied rather than analytical mode of mind. That means to access this mode of mind, we are often bringing attention to the body's sensation and to current information being received through the five senses. Those sensations are happening here and now. Psychologists often say that cultivating this type of awareness of the body is the doorway into the sensing gear of the mind. I'm presenting this to you because in our Western culture, we are rarely taught that we have these two modes of mind. If we are, 
we tend to forget about it as we leave childhood and our lives become busier and busier. Many of us get very caught up in this thinking gear. So it's incredibly useful simply to recognise that this other mental gear exists. With a bit of practice, we can learn to shift into the sensing gear at will and whenever it seems useful. For example, if we notice ourselves getting too caught up in worrying about the future or ruminating over the past, we can learn to shift attention to what's happening in the body and thereby shift into the sensing gear, even if it's only for a short time. A couple of key points. Shifting from thinking gear to sensing gear, even if it's not for long, can, with practice, provide focus and respite from the thinking gear. By developing a connection with our bodies, we can also spot when emotions are surfacing. Every emotion has a correlation in the body. That means that every emotional experience is not just a psychological sensation, but also a physiological experience. It's important to note that it doesn't matter what activities you are performing at the time. Imagine, you get home from a heavy day at work and decide to have a relaxing bath, maybe with some bubbles. Think about how our minds could still be careering along in the thinking gear, when the sensing gear would probably be more appropriate. Also, it's worth saying, we can shift between the modes when we're doing the same task. For example, when I'm cycling, I can shift between the two gears. Sometimes I'll be caught up in thinking ahead about my route or ruminating on a work problem. Sometimes I'll switch and I'll be tuning in with simple curiosity about how my body feels right now as it's in motion, particularly if I'm going up a hill. The same activity, but switching between the gears. So it's not about doing away with the thinking gear of the mind. The idea is to bring the sensing gear into awareness a bit more and recognise it as an option. So our key takeaways. We have two gears of the mind. Often, we're stuck in the thinking gear, problem-solving, analysing, goal-focused, time-travelling and ruminating. This can be exhausting. By noticing the thinking gear in operation, we can have a go at shifting into the sensing gear. We can try using our five senses to check in and try and notice what the sensations are showing up in the body. Notice with curiosity how your feet are feeling. Connected with the ground, perhaps enclosed in footwear. Perhaps there's an ache or a temperature too. We're not looking to create a sensation, just notice what's there. Or, if you're rushing to an appointment or between meetings, check out what you can see, look up. What can you hear and smell as you rush between meetings? I'd love to hear what you think about the two gears. Can you think of times in your life when the thinking gear is not so helpful? Or are there times in your life when you recognise that you've shifted into the sensing gear? It would be great to share experiences, so please do get in touch with your examples, views and reviews. You can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com, on Twitter at Ross McCoach, and on Instagram at people.soup. A few credits for this week, which are over on my blog at rossmackintosh.co.uk. In preparing this podcast, I've drawn upon Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy for Depression by Sigal, Williams and Teasdale, and also various sections of Finding Peace in a Frantic World by Williams and Penman, and also Search Inside Yourself from Tad, Goldman and Kabat-Zinn. Thanks as ever to Andy Glenn for the Spoonage incidentals, and enormous thanks as ever to you, for listening. There won't be an episode next week as I'm away practicing what I preach. I'm having some leisure time recovery. But please do keep sharing the episodes you found useful. Subscribing, reviewing and sharing is also much appreciated. Have a great couple of weeks and bye for now.